In this episode of Scaling Postgres, we talk about default security, max connections, progress reporting, and migration. I'm Creston Jameson, and this is Scaling Postgres, episode 70. All right, I hope you're having a great week. Our first piece of content this week is PostgreSQL Deep Dive. PostgreSQL Defaults and Impact on Security, Part 1. There's also a second post that is Part 2 we'll be covering as well. So this is indeed a deep dive. It is a very long post talking about uh, impact on the defaults and their impact on security. So basically talking about users, groups, and roles and kind of what they have by default, what's the impact of the public schema, and also in discussion about the uh, situation identified by this uh, CVE that was posted in 2018 and how you can basically protect yourself from it. So he talks about basically there is the command to create users, groups, and roles, but really they're all the same thing. A user or a group is basically an alias for a role. So when you create a role, you're creating a user or a group. Generally, users have the connect privilege, or they mentioned here actually consider that an attribute whereas groups generally do not. But essentially, they're, they're all considered roles. Now, what's great about this post is the level of education about how roles in the public schema and the search path in terms of what commands to execute are. So these are two very important posts, and they are very long. So if you're not able to read it now, I would definitely bookmark these and come back to them because they're really, really good in terms of from an educational perspective. So he's talking about roles have basically four types of relevant properties. They have attributes, which is a capability for a role. So example, login, super user, et cetera. Membership, which is, it's a member of another role. Privileges, so can it do an unselect, an insert, an update, delete, et cetera. And then settings, so it's a custom value for a configuration variable bound to a role. Now, as a part of this post, they also go also go over a extension that was created called the Crunchy Check Access. And basically, with roles acting as users and groups, and the, again, the public schema and privileges or default privileges, it can become really confusing what rights someone has. And basically, they've developed this extension to be able to give you an insight into what rights a given user or a role or a group has. So in this example post, they they created a basic database called Deep Dive, and then they created, uh, you know, a group. Again, these are still just roles, but they created a group uh, using you no know, inherit, some super users, created some different roles, created group, add users to a role or make it a part of a role, and then used the du command to get the list of roles and kind of what their attributes and what they're members of. So again, this really goes through and gives you an education on how you can create these different things and then what the security ramifications are in terms of what privileges certain uh, people have. And then they use the check access extension to be able to see what they have. And some of the output appears down here. Now, I'm not going to go over everything this post because it is super long and it will take an immense amount of time to review, but I strongly suggest you uh, check it out and uh, look at it for edification purposes. Now, the second part, once you have that basic knowledge down, goes into CVE 2018-1058. And first, they mention some concepts about the schema, where he says, 
Basically, there's a schema called the PG catalog, which includes the built-in objects provided by PostgreSQL. And then new databases have a schema called public. And there's a concept of the search path where, quote, the PostgreSQL searches the system catalog schema, the PG catalog first, and then it looks in the user schema and then the public schema, where the user is essentially the uh, session user name. And with regard to the security uh, issue, you can create a function that has the same name but accepts slightly different inputs. So it can be text, but for example, this one you create here can be a varcar. So you could actually create an object in the public schema that is named similar to an existing built-in function that's in the PG catalog, but then you can overwrite that functionality to escalate your privileges. So they show a basic example here where someone created a function called lower, which gives you lowercase, but they used their care as the input and they do a harmless say select, you know, so-and-so was here. Now another user running this will actually, the search path will eventually look in the public schema and potentially run that. And then they go over the full example over what's possible in terms of escalating privileges with this. Now, then they lead on into the fix, which basically one of the main things is to revoke create on schema public from public. So prevent people from creating objects in the public schema essentially. But they say you may also want to also revoke execute on all routines in schema public from public, as well as altering the default privileges for that as well. So again, this is a super good set of posts to help you get an education on roles and permissions and groups and, and things of that nature. So I highly suggest you check out these two posts. The next post is the challenges of setting max connections and why you should use a connection pooler. So here they're talking about max connections. And of course the default in PostgreSQL is set to 100. So in terms of determining how large this can be for a database or what's the best practice, he says, quote, talk to any PostgreSQL expert out there and they'll give you a range, a few hundred, or some will flat out say not more than 500 and definitely no more than a thousand. And then he talks about where do these numbers come from? So we actually wanted to do a test. So he used a G3 8x large EC2 instance and set up PG Bench with a number of clients to run against it. And he set the number of concurrent connections to run from 100 up to 5,000. And he set a max connections to 12,000, so quite a bit on, on this database. And here you can see the graph of transactions per second. So essentially how many transactions, how high it can go concurrently, and then how the latency increases. It seems like most of the action happens in the beginning part, so we zoomed in on it here. So as he says, the optimal performance was when there were between 300 and 500 concurrent connections. And after 700 connections, the performance dropped off precipitously. So again, very close to that tribal knowledge. Quote, a few hundred, no more than 500, definitely no more than 1,000. So that's pretty much what, what this is saying here too. And then he goes over a section called, uh, what if I need more connections? And there comes in connection pooling. So using PG Bouncer or PG Pool. And he did some tests following uh, similar to Alvaro Hernandez's uh, concurrent connection test. But he also used the connect flag because he wanted to simulate the cost of building up and building down connections. And that's what this chart looked like. Now, when he added in the connection pooler, so this is without a connection pooler. Sorry, can you highlight it? This is without a connection pooler. And with a connection pooler, you definitely see increased performance. 
So basically max connections, it looks like a few hundred, probably not more than 500, definitely no more than a thousand is the way to go. And if you need more connections than that, then fall to start using a connection pooler such as PG Pool or PG Bouncer. But if you're interested in this type of content, definitely a blog post to check out. The next post is Postgres 12 highlight, more progress reporting. And this is from pakir.xyz. And he's talking about how we have progress reporting for vacuum, but now they've added more progress reporting in Postgres 12 for cluster activities, as well as vacuum full activities. So rewriting essentially the whole table. And that one's called PG stat progress cluster. And then also for re-index and create index operations. And for that, there's a view called PG stat progress create index. So definitely some great new features being added to 12 in order to monitor these two potentially long processes. And if you want some more details, definitely blog post to check out. The next post is actually a presentation from Bruce Mongian from EDB Postgres talking about major features Postgres 12. So this goes over partitioning improvements, uh, B-tree improvements, uh, most common value statistics where you define statistics across columns, uh, inlining many CTE queries as opposed to materializing them, prepared plan control, which we talked about in a previous episode of Scaling Postgres, uh, just-in-time compilation being on by default, the new checksum control feature, and then re-index concurrently, which again, my opinion is a huge feature, great to have. So if you want some more detail with regard to these, definitely check out this presentation. Uh, there's another presentation that Bruce Mongean also posted, which is the democratization of databases. So basically he did some analogies between uh, government and their structure and the software governance structure of Postgres and why it is advantageous. So it's an interesting read if you want to check it out. The next post is PostgreSQL administrator account with no login. Recover your Postgres role. And this is from Luca Ferrari at fluca1978.github.io. And he says, what happens if you lose the ability to log in with your Postgres account? What are you going to do? So when you try to do it, it says Postgres is not permitted to log in. So you can actually stop the service and then start it in single user mode. So always remember that you have this mode to be able to start Postgres in. And with that, you can execute operations such as alter role Postgres with login and then control D to stop out of it. And then you can start the Postgres service normally and to be able to connect as Postgres. So a very simple post, but just something to keep in mind if you ever run into <laughs> such a problem as this. The next post is managing multiple PostgreSQL instances on Ubuntu or Debian. So this talks about some of the different uh, cluster commands that are available on Ubuntu for being able to manage multiple clusters. So for example, there's the, the commands uh, pgls clusters to list out the clusters that are available. There's the cluster control using pg underscore ctl cluster control. And you can also create clusters, drop clusters. So this goes over how you can manage multiple clusters of PostgreSQL on Ubuntu or Debian platforms. So if you're interested in that, definitely a blog post to check out. The next post is a webinar, Migration to PostgreSQL Follow-Up. So this is a webinar given by Second Quadrant, and they talk about migrating to PostgreSQL. And if you go to the registration page, they talk about, you know, why would you want to do this, how to plan your migration, uh, how to migrate your business logic, converting data types, migrating your SQL in terms of function procedures and triggers, 
typical challenges encountered as well as post-migration tests. So if you're interested in migrating to PostgreSQL, definitely a blog post to check out. The last post is version 1.6 of PGWatch 2, PostgreSQL monitoring tool released. So this is a tool by cybertech-postgresql.com that allows you to do monitoring. And it now has Prometheus support, so you can send this monitoring to Prometheus, as well as Petroni support for being able to determine, uh, from my interpretation, what is the primary or database to be able to follow. So if you're interested in using PG Watch, they have a new version that you can check out. That does it for this episode of Scaling Postgres. You can get links to all the content mentioned in the show notes. Be sure to head over to scalingpostgres.com where you can sign up to receive weekly notifications of each episode, or you could subscribe via YouTube or iTunes. Thanks.